When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to United Hour, your one-stop shop for all things Manchester United. I'm your host, Nick. I'm Imran. And we're welcoming our guest, Natalie. Hi, thanks for having me on. Yeah, welcome. Natalie Burrell, right? Yeah, yeah, that's me. So Natalie's joined us to give us the lowdown on the women's side of Manchester United. Uh, I say, I've said on a couple of podcasts recently that the men's side is very depressing at the moment. So I thought let's focus on more positive sides of the club. And I know, yeah, the women are doing pretty well. Uh, and especially, yeah, this week, right, there's been the women's youth team have just won the league and cup double. Yeah, definitely. And um, well, that's how you spotted me, isn't it? Uh, Ollie, his daughter, plays up front for the under-21 women's team. And yeah, they've won the league and cup double. Uh, they won the cup a bit a couple of weeks ago, but they've finally done the league. Uh, they beat Chelsea. They did it. They divide it north and south and then have a playoff. So they beat Chelsea 6-2 on aggregate. So they like to score a lot of goals and they don't concede money. And, you know, it's really positive for the future of the women's team, that definitely. No, yeah, and I say, like I said, uh, also the men's obviously academy have reached the FA Cup youth yeah. final. So the young team in Manchester are all doing pretty well. Uh, we will talk today also about the Chelsea game. We're recording this the day after. And then, yeah, a lot of news about Eric Ten Hag and Ralph Ranić as well, we will round off with. But look, let's actually start. Well, you talked about Chelsea. So, yeah, it's a good kind of link into talking about the match last night. Uh, Imran, you were at Old Trafford for the game last night, right? I was, yeah. So how was the atmosphere? You know, now we'd just come off kind of losses to Liverpool, to Arsenal. I think finally everybody's kind of given up on top four. So what was the kind of feeling around the ground? Uh, I mean, there was two kind of feelings. There's the there's the anti-Glazier feeling, which whilst from, from my perspective, not the most intense protest you've ever seen in your entire life, was still like, Evident, a um, couple of flares going in, in tunnels in the uh, south and north stand before the game. Um, the flare was lit off during the game at some point, j- just after the Chelsea goal before our goal. But then that, I think our goal kind of took away from it a bit. Um, so it was kind of there, and there was lots of anti-Glazier protests during the game. Uh, so yeah, it, it definitely was felt, but again, not not nothing like it wasn't on the scale of the Liverpool game. In lockdown to nothing at all, it was somewhere in the middle. I think um, the actual, in, in terms of actual atmosphere for the game, a bit of apathy, really. I think everyone's kind of like resigned to, yeah, this is kind of where we are now. Let's just get the season over. New manager coming in. No one's really expecting much apart from a bit of a bit of desire, I guess. To quote Roy Keane. Yeah, it did have a kind of dead rubber feel to it. I mean, Chelsea. Uh, 
almost secure in kind of third, I guess. Well, not quite. And we're out of it. Although I say, I keep saying. No, we're we out can... of it, Nick. Stop it. Stop no, it. No, no. I, I'm not, I wasn't even going to say we're in the top four. I say we still actually need to get some points to make sure we even get in the Europa right, League. Okay. Otherwise, enough, you know, if we end up in like eighth or ninth, then yeah, what we do, definitely don't want to be in the Europa Conference. That's going to be the biggest embarrassment. So yeah, we still actually have to get a few points on the board to even get Europa League. Um, and yeah, look, in the end, 1-1 uh, draw, I think actually you come out feeling relatively happy with it, don't you? Yeah, I uh, guess. I mean, we generally, we generally do all right against Chelsea, I think, don't we? Generally. Yeah, nil-nil earlier in the season. one all uh, earlier in the season. One all oh, yeah. Season. Sorry, yeah. I was thinking um, back to last season. And then I think last season, yeah, we generally do all right against them. Um, especially when they scored, you thought, oh, we're probably not going to get back into this. And then Ronaldo scored straight away. Um especially because we were quite terrible in the first half. Chelsea probably should have been out of sight. Um, I assume we're going to rename a stand after Reese James because we gave him the freedom of Old Trafford. And I assume when you give someone the freedom of a stadium, they get something named after them. Uh, I don't think the man's ever had so much space in his entire life. Um, so, yeah, it was just a, a really poor first half. They should have taken the chances. Second half, tiny bit better. And then I thought actually for the last 20 minutes, 10 minutes, when we, when we changed formation, one of the rare times I'll say when we went to three at the back, we actually did better because um, we matched them up a bit. Um, and then, um, yeah, Juan Mata came on, Phil Jones came on, and actually they both improved us a little bit. Juan Mata dealt with, uh, sorry, Phil Jones dealt with Lukaku and Juan Mata was actually trying. So that was good. Yeah, I mean, XG shows that we were kind of lucky actually to come out with a draw. 0.62 for us, 2.47 for Chelsea. But look, at the end of the day, it's a 1-1 draw. Uh, I mean, Natalie, what's been mm. your feelings? We'll get onto the women, obviously. But <laughs> yeah. on the men's side, it's obviously been quite a depressing season. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, how have you felt about things on Ole, Ralph, yeah. and where we're at at the moment? Well, I think, obviously, when I heard Kino saying last night, you know, would we be better off with if Ollie hadn't been sacked? And I think it was a bad spiral. It was a bad point, you know, losing to Liverpool, losing to Watford. These are like bad, bad results. And but have they they improved a tiny bit when Ralph came in? But then you just you're just seeing the, the true colours in a way, just sort of all down in tools, whether it's sort of down in tools, Ralph saying things about them, you know, then they're feeling low within themselves, you know, lacking confidence. So we're just sort of seeing all of that. Um, I, I agree with what um, I think it probably was the right time when Ollie went. I was very upset when he did go, but I think it probably was the right time. But yeah, Ralph hasn't, you know, added anything extra. It's just the same thing. And I think now what it's shown though is a lot of these players are one probably good enough, and two they're just not even putting in, you know, effort, desire, commitment, passion. You know, these are basic things. And then when we're seeing like like we just said. So I might come on and actually try. You're actually like, wow, that's, you know, this is sort of where we're at. It's, it is really sad. It's it's not what you want to see. Hopefully things can get changed, turned around. You know, they're adding in more positions. This, that and the other. Football people need to be making like football decisions. And I think slowly we might see it. But, you know, how long is it going to take? I don't know now. Yeah, there is going to be a huge amount of change going on in the club now. And of course, even just today, there's news about Ralph's role and exactly where he's going to be. I think some people are quite surprised now to hear that he's taken this Austria manager's job and, 
you know, there'd always been a bit, a lot of vagueness about this kind of consultancy role that he talked about. Uh, but now it's clear that he's only going to be six days a month kind of dealing with Manchester United things. Exactly how much and how long that will gone on for is still a bit unclear. But uh, I don't know. I, I was kind of surprised to hear the confirmation. There'd been the rumours about this Austria job. But yeah, I was surprised now to hear it actually fully confirmed. And now you see that Ralph's role is only going to be quite a minor one. I mean, Imran, we've talked before about hoping he was going to be coming in and making a lot of decisions and making the difference maybe on the scouting side and things like that. Uh, so how do you take that kind of news that he's only going to maybe maximum be involved in a bit part role going forward? I think, uh, well makes me think that his role might be limited to just telling Eric Ten Hag, he's shit, he's shit, he doesn't give a shit, he's a dick. So that could be one one thing he's doing. I think the other thing probably will be putting maybe just advising on structures maybe, of how we should be structured. Um, that's probably where it's going to be, I think. If you, what, you're doing six days a, a month, it's not exactly... Was it six days a month, you said? Yeah. Six days yeah. a month is what the news yeah. is saying. So you're talking about kind of 20% of his time is supposedly yeah. Manchester United so versus 80% like, of his time on the Austrian manager's job. Definitely feels more like, um, uh, yeah, an advisory type of, okay, we should put these people in these positions, these kind of roles you want to, as opposed to anything in within the weeds of the actual first team personnel, kind of that kind of thing. Uh, maybe they'll... I, I, I don't think he'll be involved in any of that, to be honest. I think it'll be more just how the club should be run kind of thing. And again, more advisory, whether he actually takes any of, where we actually take, take up any of the things he says, that's a different story altogether. You know, and for me, it is slightly sad. I was hoping he was going to have quite a hands-on role in how the club moves forward, gets restructured. I mean, I was always a bit unsure about him as a manager because he hadn't done it for so long, but I was actually more interested in what he could bring as more kind of sporting director and, uh, you know, football director because he's done great jobs at that or other clubs. So, yeah, it's a bit of a shame. But uh, hopefully Eric Ten Hag then still has his chance to come in. I know there's a lot of talk now about Mitchell coming in from Monaco as kind of sporting director. So, yeah, things can still change from there and maybe he'll give his input there. Uh, I think more recently we've seen Ralph's been pretty honest in all his interviews and has come out and said what a lot of the problems are. He's pointed fingers at maybe our doctors. He's pointed fingers at recruitment, at the players and things like that. So, yeah, like I said, I was hopeful he would have more of a role. But, uh, look, it remains to be seen exactly what. But it's definitely oh. going to be more limited than a lot of people expected. Uh, can, I just, can I just add a point in that? Maybe yeah. it's because he has come out and said it so blatant, you know? And I feel like sometimes he said it so much, like that you've, you've seen people like briefing against it, like, oh, no, 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 it's not going to take six years, you know, things like that. And I just feel that the fact that he maybe hasn't sugarcoated it as much, maybe that's where they're thinking, mm, well, maybe. I don't, I don't know, this is just sort of pure speculation, but, you know, we know with this club, they like to, you know, we've done this great, we've done that great, look at us. And this guy's sort of just come in and exposed them all. So maybe, you know, he is still got a role. He will still add things. He's pushing for that Paul Mitchell, I, I think, you know, those pictures of him together and so so you know i just do think that that's what it is and you could be right you could be right yeah. i mean i actually felt when he came in and they said okay he's going to be interim manager and then he's got this two-year role that he was on kind of trial and that you know the club were going to see what he did how what kind of influence he could have and maybe he's yeah ruffled too many feathers he's not said 
things that they wanted to say. And that's why he's kind of been told, look, this is all your role is going to be. Uh, you know, I thought there was potential, even though they always said consultancy. It was never like clarified that he could have had a more permanent role. He could have become director of football or something. But obviously it's not gone in that way. And he's still obviously saying, look, I am still available and whatever. But I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he actually has no connection to us in the not too distant future. Uh, let's see, you know, how he goes once he starts his actually Austria job. Uh, but look, let's look at slightly back at the match over there. I mean, I know run we come out saying we're pretty happy with 1-1 we were pretty much down to like bare bones on the team here now uh you know it hasn't been unusual for Ralph to have two keepers on the bench but he had two keepers and like four kids which was actually nice to see uh Shola Shoratire who we did see a bit of from Ole Garnacho was there there's also uh Fernandez that quite a few people might not know too much about a fullback and then yeah Hannibal was on the bench over there as well and so, yeah to see a few minutes for Garnacho for the first time was really good you know these are the things now I'm kind of more excited to see between now and the end of the season um yeah, well, although it's nice to see Matter come in and do his bit I do wonder whether we're better off giving minutes to somebody like Hannibal or somebody like that who's more like the future of the club don't know what you think about that uh, well, I kind of t- I, I was I agreed with that until Cole Cole made the point that why would you want to tarnish these youngsters with this shower shit? And I was kind of like, actually, that's a fair point. Like, you're just going to demoralise them more. I feel like Alanga's already been aged like ten years in three months. Um, poor lad. So yeah, I, I feel like actually disassociating themselves with this isn't isn't a bad thing. And we we start fresh in the summer. And also, you say yeah, let's give these youngsters a chance, kind of thing. Eric Ten Hag might not like the look of him at all when he comes in. So it's we're, not, we're literally everything we do to the end of the season, it starts completely fresh anyway. Um, so yeah, we could say oh, I'll give these youngsters minutes, but it could it could lead to absolutely nothing. So I I feel like we just just get through this, the games however you want. And I'm personally I'm quite happy to see Juan Mata play. I like him. So if he goes and he's going in the summer, yeah, fine. But I'm stopping to actually have someone on the pitch who gives an puts in the effort and can actually pass the ball. Yes, this is, this is my standards. Duty. Can pass a ball is what I look for in, in Man United. Yeah, well, I know there had been some... Scott McTominay's had a lot of kind of press from this game after only making something, I think, two passes, completing two passes in the second half yesterday, whereas Juan Matu came on for 10 minutes and managed more than that. Uh, you know, that stat doesn't show everything because Scott McTominay is doing a lot of work off the ball. He's more there for his defensive work. And when he is there, we do concede less goals. That is for sure. But passing side of it has been a major issue. Uh, and easy, like you say, you see the older guys, Matic, Mata, who are obviously not the future of the club and Matic is definitely leaving Mata most likely, but they're still coming in and doing a bit of a job. And yeah, all these spaces are going to have to be filled now going forward. Uh, I mean, Natalie, do you think we're going to be seeing a lot of new players coming in or do you think we can come from the youth team over here? I think definitely the youth team. I think that's what it's all about. You know, Man United is built on on youth. So I, I definitely do want to see whether it's Hannibal or Shukateri. I hope I said his name right. Uh, Shola. Um, you know, whether it's them. But I do see players coming in because, like you said, we're going to lose a lot of players, even if it's just, you know, players' contracts running out, you know, that kind of thing. We know who's going pretty much. Maybe one or two extra might go. But I think... The players that are, you know, contracts are up and not getting off a new ones, they're the ones who are going to go. And then I feel like um, Ten Hag should be given, like, all, all he needs to sort of add where he wants um, and fill those p- positions up, really. 
No, I think it is good that it is like fully confirmed now. I mean, last time we recorded, we knew more or less that Eric Ten Hag was coming in, but it hadn't been officially kind of announced. Now it has been official and he still has obviously has to finish his job off at Ajax. But you hear these kind of couple of things that he is already kind of involved in what's going on in the background of the club. Uh, but apparently he's asked that within 48 hours of an Ajax game that he's not bothered with anything to do with Manchester United, even though, yeah, hopefully he is already getting involved in the recruitment side and giving his names to the list of who he wants coming in over there. Uh, so we'll see from there. Um, but yeah, was Eric Ten Hag your choice, Natalie, or who who was your... We, we talked yeah, on I this mean, for weeks and weeks about Pochettino, uh, Ten Hag and whatever. I mean... Pochettino, I know he wasn't the fans' favourite, but I thought if he had come in, I would have been happy. I wouldn't. I don't think he's a bad manager. I think he's okay. I think he would have, you know, brought structure, brought stability. But I did watch the other day Paris, and they just—it's just sort of like relying on individual brilliance. I mean, I don't know. I think there's probably deeper problems at Paris, but then there's deep problems at Man United. So I do think that Ten Hag, no one's really heard of him. There's, there's. You know, I feel like he could, not no one's heard of him, but I just feel like he can come in. We've had all these big kind of managers. We've had Jose, we've had this, we've had Louis van Gaal. I feel like this guy is sort of building his, his trade, you know, he's, he's sort of like a up-and-coming manager. So I feel like, yeah, someone like him, put our faith in him, back him. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy for him. I'm happy that he's, he's Man United manager. Yeah, no, I did actually see some really good stats about how great Ajax have been in the Champions League this year, really like hitting top on a lot of statistics to do with, yeah, number of touches in the box, shots on target. Uh, and that's against all the teams in the whole Champions League. So even though, you know, some people will come out and say, look, he's only done the Dutch League, which is not like Premier League standard. He has done a damn good job on the biggest stage, which is the Champions League. And in fact, yeah, Ajax's stats were a hell of a lot better than ours. Uh, the kind of same moments over there. So, yeah, there is a lot of things to be looking forward to. And yeah, the main thing we all hope and you know, is that he just gets the support that the structure comes in and I'm sure he'll get a pot of money to spend. Like you, that never seems to be an issue, whether it's spent in the right way has always been the problem. So yeah, we'll see who comes in. And of course the transfer rumor mill is going into overdrive already. Um, but yeah, we will talk more and more about Ten Hagen all on future episodes. I do then, like I say, look, I think now is probably a good time. Let's start talking about the well, hang on. side. Go on, before go on, we move on, go on. I think we should give Ronaldo a bit of due. Um, another cracking goal. Great touch. Great pass from Matic, actually, as well. Matic was really good again yesterday. But um, I did say at the beginning of the season that I thought signing Ronaldo was a mistake. Uh, I was wrong, because I think without Ronaldo, we'd be absolutely terrible. Um, and he scored, like, what, seven of our last eight goals or something like that? And Without his goals, I don't know where he'd be. Um, and you could say, oh, we'd be a more, I don't know, fluent team. Without we wouldn't be. We'd be terrible. We'd still be terrible just without a goal scorer. I don't think Ronaldo somehow managed to make us all all these players completely woeful. That's, that's just not happening. It's uh, So, yeah, um, very happy with him. He actually put in way more effort yesterday than I think I've ever seen him put in, actually. Uh, at one point, he was helping out Tellers at left back who was having a nightmare of a game but mainly because he, a, because he had he's terrible with Tellers that's one reason why he's had a bad game and two he was like, getting no help on that uh, that side at all and he really didn't know what he was doing so yeah at one point Ronaldo just came over and helped him I was like fair enough Ronaldo but it didn't mean he wasn't spending that much time up front but we weren't really getting the ball to him in the first half anyway so just to actually see but Smith in was quite nice Yeah I'm still torn on Ronaldo uh, you know there is this debate whether 
where would we be without Ronaldo? And then, terrible. You know, We'd be terrible. Well, Come on. Yeah, but then look, where, would we, where would we be without Ronaldo last season? We came second. And with the year before, we came third. So I don't know. I'm still kind of torn on it. You cannot argue with the amount of goals he scored. And in the last, like you said, like you said, I think it's actually eight out of our last nine goals. Is, and it was just Fred has got one in the middle over Fred. there. All the rest <laughs> have come from... Only because uh, he got injured as well. If he, was, if he wasn't injured, he'd be knocking him in still. I mean, yeah, that is the one problem. Obviously, Cavani has not been around. Greenwood, we know, is a write-off. Rashford is lost. Uh, Martial's obviously left at the moment. I mean, the other one, though, is who is around? Bruno scored 28 goals last season. Has only scored nine so far this season. Uh, you know, we're not talked much about that Arsenal game, but he had an absolute shocker, missing the penalty. He also gave the ball away for their final winner over then. We didn't actually play that badly that day either. Uh, you know, we played a hell of a lot better than we did uh, previously when we got hammered in Liverpool just before that. Um, but yeah, I, I am still torn on Ronaldo. As you say, you cannot argue with how many goals he scored. And, you know, we've had the discussion in the last couple of weeks that, look, we do have to pick a player of the year, even though none of them particularly deserve it. And we actually didn't even really mention Ronaldo. And then since we had that discussion, he scored a hat-trick Maybe against he Norwich. He scored one against Arsenal. He scored another one here. And, you know, we talked about De Gea, we talked about Fred. Um, but, yeah, I guess Ronaldo is obviously going to be on that list as well for up for player of the year. I mean, Natalie, if you had to give it to somebody, uh, you know, nobody deserves it really. But, yeah, somebody has to get yeah. that award this year. Who would be I, your choice? I think he'll get it. I think Ronaldo will get it. Um, not Fred is a massive shout. And I just think that, you know, he was sort of ridiculed. He was one that fans had down as, as you know, first to go. And he's absolutely bossed it, turned, around, turned it around, like, completely. So I do think he deserves a mention. But, yeah, I do think Ronaldo would get it. I think this is, like, the lowest point we've been at. I agree totally about Bruno, you know. Something's just happened. He's just fallen off, whether it's Ollie's leaving or just, just everything that's going on currently. You know, he's just, you know, confidence. Confidence affects every player. You know, he talks about Rashford. He just doesn't look like the same person. He, he needs a good pre-season, I think, and come back. But then people are sort of saying, well, no, just just totally do with him now. I, I, I wouldn't do that. I'd give him a good pre-season. You know, he did have that injury at the start of the year. But, you know, I think Ronaldo, I think all these goals that he's scoring now, you know, I saw our last... 10 goals or something we scored. It's like Ronaldo scored nine and Fred scored one or something, something so yeah, minor, yeah, yeah. you know, he's scored all our goals. It's just, it's shocking really, but it is what it is. And he's, he's carried, he's dragged us through and I agree, he's not made us a worse team. Something's happened with, 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 I don't know. And they've just not looked the same. And Ronaldo's the one just still dragging us through. Really. The only question is with all his goals, has he taken away from the team? Has he taken away kind of, you know, are other players not playing worse because of Ronaldo, but just because everything gets focused on him, everything, every ball has to come to him have, yeah. and they're not suited that, to that way. I don't Maybe, know, you know, yeah, but question. you can just say your professional sort of professionalism, you know, yes, everything is about Ronaldo. Yes, people are pushing it through, but have you not got professionalism to think, well, maybe I'm not going to pass to Ronaldo, you know? I, I don't know. I feel like players need to take responsibility. You know, Ralph could say, oh, put it to Ronaldo, but when you're on that pitch, it's just you on that pitch with other people and you need to take responsibility. If someone's in a better position, pass it to that person in that better position. Don't just think, oh, I must just always go to Ronaldo. I get, I get why people do it, because he has that presence and it's Ronaldo and 
greatest player of all time. But, you know, yeah, he said it's a team game, it's 11 mm. players. So, do, you know, if they're not, if they're just passing to Ronaldo and there's better passes on, you have to look at that player themselves um, rather than sort of blaming Ronaldo. I think he's just sort of done what he can do. He's, he's been in the positions, he's taking the goals and <laughs> that's what we need. Totally agree with that. And also, what I would say is Jaden Sancho, so, Sancho spent the first like couple of months of the season never passing to Ronaldo. So, you know, not everyone did it. Yeah, yeah. And it's not just... And Ronaldo just got really pissed off with him all the time. Yeah, like I say, it's still sometimes difficult to put a finger on exactly what's gone wrong this season. And that's why people look at what changed. And of course, one of them is Ronaldo. I mean, another one is Sancho. And yeah, but you think that these players should only have made us better or somehow we came second and we've ended up a lot worse by adding them. But yeah, like I say, it's a constant debate on what has happened and what went wrong. Uh, but anyway, all the noises are that Ronaldo will be staying and will be here next season. It's not totally confirmed, still a little bit up in the air, but everything I'm hearing is saying that he will stay at least for another year. So we'll see from there how Eric Ten Hag comes in and deals with that and works it from there. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's a debate. Every day you see this debate. And like you say, Imran, you weren't sure at the start. Even I, yeah, was unsure. And then when he came in, he scored those first goals against Newcastle, did well. And I was like, yeah, actually, maybe he's on it. Then he had that kind of bad patch as I said when we were talking about player of the year a few weeks ago he was going like a record amount of games after five or six years without scoring and you were like look he's written off he's finished but he's come back strong and look you just can't it is crazy it is crazy the way he keeps going he keeps defying everybody and saying no no I'm still here and I can still deliver and still do it and you know you, you do love to see it but I still do have that niggle over you know as hard team lost out by him being there. And yeah, I think that'll be a debate that keeps going on for a while there. Um, was there anything else I forgot from the Chelsea game, Imran? Uh, no, not really. Um, it was my last game at Old Trafford for this season. So that's a bonus as well. I'm not going to the Brentford game. <laughs> Sweet yeah, really, actually, like, because, because over. he's got moved to midweekers, I've ended up missing these as well. I was kind of ready to go to both of these. And yeah, we tried to plan a podcast meetup as well for these. But yeah, because they got shifted to midweek, it has been a bit of a, it's been difficult for a lot of people. And also, like you say, on the protest side, if that Chelsea game had been a weekend, I'm pretty sure yeah, that protest would have been a totally different level than, and the Glazers, I'm sure, are happy that it ends up being midweek and that, you know, there's still a bit of press for the, and they saw a lot of singing and you did, they showed on the cameras on TV, some people still stayed out for the 17 minutes and things like that. So yeah, it's still getting mm. the press, which is the main kind of thing. Uh, but as you say, when it's a midweeker, you don't get that same attendance. You don't get the same kind of fervent fans coming up on the yeah. protest side. Do you, know, do you know we've only won four home games in 2022? Ah, look, I mean, I'm that, not surprised to hear and, it. And not only that, I've only been to, I've only been to one of them. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I remember the week where I chose between going to Tottenham, where Ronaldo also scored a hat-trick, or Atletico, and I ended up going to the Atletico one and uh, regretted it massively. But yeah, that's the way you have to pick and yeah. choose. Um, but yeah, look, all right, as I said, we'll move on from the Chelsea game and Old Trafford and let's look at some things that hopefully are more positive around the club. As I say, Natalie has joined us mostly to come and tell us about the women's side of the club. Uh, for those who don't know, I mean, yeah, the women's team was only started in 2018, which was actually a pretty poor situation in the first place, uh, you know, where other clubs, Arsenal, have been going for a long time and even the likes of Chelsea, Man City had set up their women's side a lot more recently. Um, but yeah, 2018, 
team. I was actually there at the first game, Natalie. I remember it. Leeds Same. Sports Village. Uh, I took my daughter. It was the first time she'd ever been to a football game. And I always say to people that, yeah, if you've got young kids, I think it's a great introduction for kids. Because, you know, it's much cheaper than going to Old Trafford. And especially sometimes, yeah, youngsters, especially if you've got like five, six-year-olds, they might not even be that ready to go through a game. Whereas you can go to the women's game. How many? It hardly costs anything, does it? No, £6. Um, they're playing actually on Sunday uh, versus West Ham, so that'll be the last home game for the women uh-huh. at Lee Sports Village. I know a few people are coming down for that. They're just saying it could be a, uh, you know, a good attendance. And, yeah, they deserve more more eyes on it, more more publicity. You know, they had a game at Old Trafford recently. I'm sure a lot of people saw about that because um, that was definitely promoted really well, in my opinion. But, yeah, it's £6 a ticket. Um, obviously, I think it's like £3 for... For under 18s and then three pounds for um you know over 65s and mm, students and all that kind of thing so they do um they do make it affordable and it is for me i think it is just really good and you know we're just talking about the, the men here and i don't like comparing them because i you know people will think that it's what i'm doing but i'm not but they do play with a pride a passion determination you know these are minimum things that you do see from the women whereas i think we've seen with the men there seems to be not that kind of thing whereas Unfortunately, it does look like they might miss out on Champions League, the women, but it's not because they're not trying or they're not putting in the effort. They have recently had a new manager come in. Um, yeah, Mark Skinner. Mark Skinner. I, I don't know, yeah, but he, he's just come in this season. He's going to get this summer. This will be the first transfer window where he can bring in his own players. Um, but, you know, I think he came in very late, like a couple of weeks before the season starts. So for him to have got up to well, with the are still in third, it's three three places for the Champions League for the women. Okay. Um, so for us to be sitting in third is a good achievement. Um, might City have a game in hand, Manchester City. Um, so they might uh, miss out on it. I mean, we can still win our games and and see what happens. But you know, it is that kind of different. Like you say, you you took your daughter, and it's 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 a positive vibe. It's people supporting the team and, you know, they come over, the girls come over to the fans at the end and, and you know, thank you for coming and and really do appreciate, you know, any support that they get because, you know, women's football and men's football, it's totally different. There isn't 75,000, but they do, you know, even when they're at Old Trafford, there was about 20,000 and they still walk around the whole pitch, clapping, waving at everyone, you know, taking pictures, that kind of thing. So they are, you know, appreciative of, of playing for this club and they want to play there and there's a lot of, Reds, you know, that have come through the, the academy that are mm. playing now. And, um, you know, a lot of Man United fans from different places. So we've got a girl from Norway called Gildebo Risa. She's a lifelong Man United fan. Girl from uh, Holland called Jackie Gronin, very good midfield players, lifelong Man United fans. And, you know, they play for the badge, if you get what I'm saying. So definitely it's worth people coming in and supporting them. Yeah, no, I, I would always encourage, like I said, I've been a couple of times to Lee Sports Village. We'll tell people it's well worth doing if you're in Manchester. And the and like I said, you can't always get tickets at Old Trafford or it's expensive. Uh, but yeah, look, um, as you said, we're third at the moment. What, there's what, mm. two matches of the season left? Yes, yes. Um, there's t- Sunday, the 1st of May versus um, West Ham. That's at home. That's at Lee Sports Village, 12 o'clock. And then if anyone's like down in London, uh, we're playing at Kings Meadow on the 8th at 12.30. So 
So that's a big game because Chelsea are going for the title and we're going for Champions League. So we both sort of need to win. So Yeah, I be... thought that it's kind of Chelsea versus Arsenal for yeah. the champions for, for winning the league. And then it's kind of United, United. versus City for getting the last uh, Champions spot. League yeah. plate. Yeah. Uh, and even last season, we just missed out, didn't we, on Champions League and came fourth. Yeah. But yes. it's still the women's team have come so far. Like I said, only founded 2018. I know when I went mm-hmm. to that first game, we were actually in the second division, the women's championship. Yes. So, yeah, we're still relatively young, whereas the likes of Chelsea, Arsenal, City are well, much more structured and we've been going mm-hmm. a lot longer. So, yeah, we've done pretty well there. I mean, I know there was quite a lot of controversy mm-hmm. last summer when yeah. Casey Stoney left and said quite a few negative things about the setup, about the facilities. I mean, have things improved or is there still yeah, quite a so- lot? kind of issues when when Casey was there we were training full-time at LSV and uh, for anyone who's been to LSV it is a nice stadium and there's got training pitches around the back and they did put money into those kind of pitches but it's not where it should be you know I think even if you listen to to Gary Neville and went around the Super League you know it isn't the Carrington should be you know the home of Man United where all teams you know training from women's first team mate teams whatever you know it, they should all be there and I feel like that that is the plan they are now probably come next summer it'll be fully built for the women but yeah during covid times they had to move into carrington but there was a lot of issues around because of the bubbles and all this kind of stuff they didn't get sort of the correct facilities needed um yeah they were looked down upon i feel the i feel like it's sort of like as it continues to grow they will put more effort into it but while it's sort of relatively new it's maybe not at the standard that it should be at you know whether that's right or wrong in my opinion yeah they should be putting it it should be same everything should be the same the women should be getting you know maybe not sort of like the luxury kind of VIP but you know they should be treated the same in terms of basic facilities basic sort of training uh, basic gym basic training kits all that kind of stuff so on that aspect, yeah, it is improving. We've seen better this year. They are fully in Carrington, you know, full time. So that's that's good. That's positive. Um, like I said, anyone who did go Old Trafford or saw Old Trafford, you're seeing them promote it a lot more. You're seeing the men's first, you know, first team Twitter account tweeting about it a lot more. You know, we we just even said at the start about um Altrincham and the 21s, and they were sort of promoted a lot and they've been tweeting a lot about um, us winning the double and all that kind of thing. Whereas when the 21s first started, there was never, you never heard anything about it. So the fact that they're okay. like pushing that a lot more, I feel like it's a lot of, you know, like things that you probably don't realise, but the things never happened before. So, you know, training pictures, this, uh, every day they have a, every... Yeah, yeah, look, you just take game. it for granted with the yeah, men's yeah, side, yeah. you know, things Press you just take conferences, for granted. all that kind of stuff, interviews after games. We never really had those kind of things. Now we're seeing it a lot more um, mm-hmm. for the women's side. And I feel like they do realise there is that quite a big support for it. You know, uh, women's football across the whole globe is growing you know Barcelona sold out 91,000 people came to watch Barcelona play in the Champions League you know so and that was at the new Camp so you know it is that kind of thing that's growing we've got the Euros in England this summer um, so I think it'll grow again off that but you know I think it's just the same the club needs to sort out structures for the men and the women you know there's talk, they're going to do a women's director of football we're waiting on that as well mm-hmm. Um but I think once they do get everything in order, it will really go well because I think, you know, a lot of people do support it. It's always positive tweets that I do see. You get the odd 
person maybe saying something a bit derogatory, but not like I see on other. T- I always see my United fans being positive about it. You know, whether they don't go every week or not, but they always sort of want it to do well, which you would. It's Man United at the end of the day. Yeah, look, I said it semi-jokingly when I said I'm going to give up on the men's team because the women's team are doing better. And not only that, I noticed that Liverpool got relegated last year in the women's, and although I think they're coming back up from the they're women's They're coming back up now, so yeah, definitely everyone get down to that one when we play Liverpool, that'll be really good. But as I said, yeah, that's the one to support. You know, a mm. world where Liverpool are getting relegated and Man United are going for the Champions League, you know, that yeah. works for me, yeah? yeah I mean, <laughs> much better than what's going on in the men's side. Mm. Uh, I mean, yeah, Imran, I don't know if it's all new to you or if you ever keep an eye on any of the women's stuff? Uh, I keep an eye on results, but I have to say I've not really followed it as much as probably I should, which is, I know I know our two best players, I believe, are Ella Toon and uh, Z- Katie Zellum, I believe. Yeah, Katie Zellum's the captain. Ella Toon is like basically the, if anyone watches the England matches, you'll see a lot of Ella Toon. She's yeah, got a lot of goals for England. Um, you know, she's come up. Last season, she was in the Olympics for uh, Team GB, but now, you know, with the Euros, she's like the main sort of number 10 for, for England women national team. So she is doing really well. She's top goal scorer. No, Alessia Russo actually is top goal scorer, but, you know, she's top assist, mm-hmm. assist leader for the WSL. Um, and like, I think second or third, you know, kind of goal scorer. Um, and that's from a midfielder. So she's doing, doing really well. And them two are like diehard Man United fans as well. So it's, it's what you want to see. They come through our, our academy and, you know, we're seeing a lot more money go into our academy, and that's what I will say in terms of like Man United, which you sort of touched on before, Nick, about um, you know Chelsea and all this. I've been there a long time, so obviously you sort of expect them to be up there. But in terms of mm. what we're doing with our young players, it is about getting a lot of young players into the first team, pushing them through. I'm seeing it a lot more at Man United than at any other team in a way. Um, you know, like I said, Leo Cup double for the 21s. You know, they really want to, I think we do have the best talent in the country, you know, young talent and the the, the, the club are really pushing for them to, to be part of the first team. So it'll be really good and hopefully we'll see more young Man United players playing for England or playing for their respective national teams. Yeah, well, and because obviously I think everyone knows that Arsenal and Chelsea women are quite far ahead of the rest of the league, really. Um, how do you think it's it's not oh, it's possible? It's not probably the right word, but do you think it's possible? And or maybe like what kind of time length are we talking where we can compete on that kind of level? I think as soon as we get Champions League, it'll change it. I mean, so if we get it this season, which I don't think is like, but it could be, you know, I think that'll change it because then you can attract a, a sort of even with the men's team, you see it, you know, you attract a different caliber of play, you can attract the top top players that just want to sort of play in that Champions League. So I think once that happens, it'll change it. But I think. You know, I don't want to say a definite, but I think because then people were like, Natalie, you said this, but I'll probably say three to four years we could. If we, you know, it depends how much they back it. That's how I see it. Even, you know, Ralph said about the men, six years, but apparently the brief, no, it can happen in three. Well, it's the same with the women. If they properly put a lot of effort into it, put, you know, support the manager, support the 21s, you know, support the development of all their players, give them the right training, give them all that kind of thing. They can do what they want. It's Man United at the end of the day. And we need to, you know, realise that we can we can be that kind of club pushing at the top, winning trophies. It's just, I suppose, on those people above us to, 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 to show that commitment and determination to get there. 
I mean, we are playing. We are playing catch up. Obviously, like I say, mm. only founded 2018. Had this playing in the championship, come up promotion. So yeah, even coming fourth last year was pretty good. Although I guess it was still disappointing to miss out on that third place in the Champions League. Fingers crossed they can. I know it's, it's still mathematically possible. Manchester City have got that game in hand. I see, but uh, we are sat in third place. So yeah, fingers crossed for those last couple of matches. If the women can win them and City slip up, and they can get into that Champions League and push on from there. Uh, so yeah, anybody yeah. who hasn't, as I say, Leeds Sports Village is where the women play. And what do the Ladies' Academy always play at Altrincham? Are all the matches there? Yeah, all the Ladies' Academy are at Altrincham when it's at home. Um, they're usually at like two, two o'clock, but they try to put them at like six. So I do know we played recently um, Liverpool Academy and we beat them 8-0. Um, yeah, you see, that's so. where I want to be. Anywhere where <laughs> Manchester United beat Liverpool 8-0, that's the place yeah. I want to be. So, uh, I mean, you know, I think Carter got a goal there and Ole's daughter. Um, yeah, Ole's you know. often shown there. He goes to quite a few of these games, doesn't he? Yeah, to yeah, he's supporting play. his daughter. So, I mean, you know, it's going to be an interesting time for, I suppose, the 21s mm. and the the first team, because it's going to be interesting who they bring up. You know, she's 19. It's, it's sort of time forever to go on loan or... Or to get a chance, so mm-hmm. it'd be interesting to see what happens in that respect. Um, but yeah, the twenty ones are doing really well. So yeah, anyone wants to go and watch the twenty ones, it's usually Wednesday, either evening or afternoon. Um, there's an FA website where you can look it up, um, and just yeah, they always look for support, and like I said, they appreciate it so much. You know, just having fans, women's games growing, the more people supporting, the more eyes, the more people talking, it's better for the game, isn't it? I mean, just on a on a general point, how do you feel like the state of the women's game is at the moment? I know there's obviously lots of talk constantly about the FA wanting to do more, um, also being yeah. put on terrestrial TV, things like that. Mm. How do you think it's going? Yeah, from when I watched it, I'd never watched it before Man United. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, I've been watching it years and then Man United came in. I was, I'm a Man United fan, so obviously I was only started watching it when Man United come in. But just from when we came in to where it is now, it's massive. You know, there was never, there was no TV deal when we were in the championship. There was no TV deal for the, for the prep, for the top league. And we were in the second league. Now they're showing second league matches pretty much every weekend. They're showing top tier. We've seen on Sky, BBC, Terrestrial. You see in England, Lionesses games, pretty much ITV, full works kind of thing. So for me, where it is now, you know, you see in stadiums, talk about Barcelona selling out, you know, Wolfsburg are having it at their main stadium, Paris, San Germain have it at their main stadium. So we're seeing all this, we're seeing all sort of big, Real Madrid are doing really well as well. They're putting a lot of money into it. We're seeing all these big sort of powerhouse names. You know, we talk about Liverpool, they got relegated, but now they're coming back up and they're saying, this is what we're going to do because they realise, you know, this is where it is with in football. You can't sort of be slipping or, or sort of, thinking or oh, just you know they can ignore it you know underfunded we saw united they were caught out underfunding it and you know it's been blown up blown back in their face kind of thing and now they're having to to realize that this is a big big deal a lot of people are watching a lot of eyes are on it and you know for me i i, I love it because they you know they, they care <laughs> it sounds really simple but it's what you want to see we're talking about basics of football you want the players to play for the fans to play for the badge and that's what women's football do and you know, they really appreciate fans. And like you say, where it's at now, it's growing. It feels like it's sort of, you know, when you go and it's like a community feeling and, you know, sometimes you go Premier League and you don't know anyone. And it's kind of like, this is like everyone knows everyone. It's a tight-knit community. Even though it's on Sky and all that kind of stuff and it is growing that way, 
it still feels like that that closeness, that bond between players and fans is, is still there and will still be there. So for me, that's that's the, the thing. They do it for fans, we do it for them kind of thing. Yeah, I will actually definitely try and get back myself, like I say, with my daughter as well, because she, yeah, she's mm. taking more and more interest. Uh, but yeah, generally the women's game is being pushed so much more, being televised, whereas, you know, before you couldn't find any of it. But I know that in one way, there's a long way to go, but it has yeah. come a long way just in a short space of time as well. And I'm sure hopefully everything keeps going in the right direction there. Uh, so yeah, we'll definitely will keep an eye on the women's side there. And yeah, hopefully get you back on to give us an update at some point point on how the women's side are doing and what they're going on over there um yeah i think i don't know if you need to now leave us over there if you want to keep that yeah yeah thanks a lot guys thanks Thanks for joining us natalie and yeah like i say we will get you back on to give us an update on how the women's team are doing and also the men's of course as well yeah definitely thanks a lot see you later guys thanks for that bye And yeah, before we push on to rounding off the podcast, I do want to give a shout out to our regular sponsors, Manscaped. Uh, We've got some new copy from them for spring. Fellas, have you started spring cleaning yet? The carpets need cleaning, the curtains need dusting, and your lawn needs mowing. Spring has sprung and the global leaders in below the waist grooming have the best tools for cleaning aisle five in your pants. Time to clear out your winter bush and join the other four million men worldwide who join Manscaped. All women, women can use this as well, uh, by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. Use the code UNITEDHOUR20. And... Yeah, Imran, you're still getting some good use of your Manscaped package, right? I am. I use it all the time. I used it today, in fact. So, um, but the nose trimmer, that one. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I've got, yeah, I I got a haircut. Well. So when you, get, when you get a haircut, you have to trim your nose. That's how it goes. Yeah, yeah, the weed whacker. Yeah. And yeah, the month of April, actually, Manscaped are partnered with the Testicular Cancer Society to bring awareness for testicular cancer, men's health, and early cancer detection. So, yeah, all lads out there, make sure you go and check yourself uh you know it's a good campaign to make sure everybody's looking over there committed to raising awareness for the most common form of cancer in men aged 15 to 35 so yeah make sure you check yourself whenever you're in the shower and things like that down there very important early detection to deal with that kind of thing over there uh but yeah thanks again to our sponsors manscape manscape.com use the code united hour 20 so yeah imran to kind of round off I do want to just touch again, like I said, we have already talked a fair bit about kind of Ten Hag, Ralph, and that's the thing over there. But yeah, that's the main kind of talking points for the rest of the season, isn't it? Where we're going, how things are going to set up. I said since last time, Ten Hag is now confirmed. And yeah, only today we get this news that Ralph is not going to be involved that much. But yeah, are you feeling kind of excited about the new era or, you know, how, how, what, how do you feel about it all? I think I will be when the season's over. It's hard to be excited when you watch us, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, I guess I am tentatively excited. We've, I mean, we've been burned too many times to really throw your whole like heart and soul into it. So you, you, you kind, especially with the noise coming out, the main noise is about him seemingly having far more control than anyone else. Apparently, in his list of demands, that he gets the final say on this, that, and the other thing is uh, that's a big crucial part. I think that he's going to get that 
power and also the time, really. I think we all know he's going to get the time. And I actually think there's going to be a lot of patience on the fan side. I think the fans realise how dire it is. And I think it could be rough in the first, what, three, four, five, even six months, maybe full season. It could be quite rough, but I feel like he'll get that time. Unless he's doing like daft things like putting De Gea up front or something. I think he'll, uh, I think he'll be, I think he'll have the fans on side. And plus, I think a lot of people have seen how ultimately the players, I think the players are getting a lot more flack now for how they're just downing tools and not playing to like their potential that I feel like people will want us to throw the players out before the manager at this point. So I'm, I'm confident in the sense that there's going to be a big upheaval. The club has to sign players that minimum four or five, really uh, considering the amount of outgoings. Um, so it's going to be a big new team, but yeah, I am quietly confident, quietly. As, as you say, we have been here before. Uh, we're now manager number five, permanent manager anyway, uh, mm. post Fergie. Well, if only we had Carrick still here, Nick. The greatest man. Yeah, well, as I said, Roy Keane talked the other day about saying that he said, I think we would be in a better position if Ole had stayed. I think Ole, like, Carrick. Well, exactly. I was like, look, Ole had to go because just you cannot recover from that kind of the Liverpool, the City, the Watford. It, it was the end. Even, you know, I was his biggest supporter. And I have to say he had to go. He could not survive that run of results. But I totally feel that if Carrick had stayed with McKenna, that we would be in the top four now. Uh, OK, I'm basing it completely on a three game <laughs> run and it probably wouldn't we have been the Champions League well semi-finalists in our backyard. <laughs> That's the thing, though, didn't we? Oh, yeah, we beat Villarreal twice this season and they are, yeah, in the Champions League semi-final. Well, to be fair, the first game at Old Trafford, we were quite terrible. The second game at Villarreal, we bossed it, so... Yeah, we bought it. And we beat Arsenal, who we've also just Arsenal lost to. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Carrick, the greatest Manchester United <laughs> manager of all time. Uh, he's always going to have that record. But, yeah, look, I'm just glad that it's now finally confirmed and we can stop having this old Pochettino, Ten Hag, Enrique, whatever, chat and just say, all right, we know who's coming in and we know he is already working in the background to bring in the people he wants. There's obviously things going on around Paul Mitchell and somebody else in the more structure of the club. We know the whole scouting is getting totally uprooted and restarted. Uh, and yeah, I think fans will be patient. And generally, I think our fans are patient anyway, maybe mm. not on Twitter and Red Cafe. And, you know, often online, you see the worst of things and people write stuff. But when you're at Old Trafford and things like that, I think generally the fans are always pretty patient and ready yeah. to give the manager time. To be fair, I don't think I've ever, even for all I manager, I don't think there's ever been like a, a revolt at Old Trafford or anything. I don't think we've ever heard like people calling for seconds. Not much. A very. So. I, they, I remember there was that Van Hal kind of period where we didn't score a goal for about six matches or things like that, and there was a few boos and whatever. There's boos, but I don't think there's anything like sacked in the morning or no, out no. or whatever. You know, like, or stuff like that. Like it gets at other places. So I think yeah, in general, it's maybe to, maybe to detriment. Maybe you could argue but it is quite patient inside Old Trafford. Yeah, definitely. The manager generally gets back to Ole still did uh, right to the end, even though, you know, a lot of fans accepted that, yeah, it was time to go. Uh, like you say, you don't see a big thing calling for the manager's head or anything. You see it a lot online and all, but yeah, in Old Trafford and around there is quite a different feeling. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I can't say that I'm really excited just because 
I'm just still worried about the structure. I'm still worried about how decisions being made by the Glazers. Uh, and again, like, you know, this Ralph decision to me, it seems like the wrong thing. You know, it seems like we had a football guy coming into the club who could have done a lot of good for us. And I was hoping he was going to have a big role in how things change. And it seems like he will still be there, but the more and more I hear about it, it seems that his role is going to be pretty minor and it's not going to be that much involved. But yeah, hopefully maybe Eric Ten Hag can come and put his stamp on a bit more as well. Um, you know, I, under Ole, it was quite clear that he tried to bring more football people in, whether they were the right people. You know, he, people say it was just jobs for the boys, whether it was Fletcher, whether bringing back Phelan and stuff like that. But I know he definitely tried to bring more football people in the club and move away from this sense that we're just a commercial thing, which is, you know, another thing that Louis van Gaal has said recently when he was asked about Eric Ten Hag, saying, look, he has to be careful that he's going to a football club and not just a business. Um, uh, and how, you know, our club move away from just being, you know, we can still make money and still be doing well on the commercial side, but the right decisions need to be made on the footballing side. And that has been the biggest problem for years and years and years. Uh, so that's why I, I can't say I'm excited. I want to see what happens this summer. Does Mitchell come in? Which players go in? Which players go out? You know, once we get back round to August, then yeah, we'll see if we're more excited there. Um, you know, we're talking about we're like pre-season. We still do have a few matches to go yet. Like you say, the next game is Brentford at Old Trafford on Monday night. And yeah, I that, neither that, of us will be going to that. That and like, because usually manager speech, people doing a, they do a, they circle around the stadium. That'll be interesting. There'll be a lot of empty seats, I think. Yeah, definitely. I think maybe they won't even do it. Well, let's see. Yeah, let's I see. Like you say, normally mm. every season, for those who don't know, on the last game of the season, the manager comes and gives some kind of speech, some kind of thanks to the fans and whatever. Whether Ralph will do that, I'm not so sure. Uh, but as I say, look, Brentford is coming up Monday night. Then we've got Brighton away on the weekend before mm. we finish off with Crystal Palace. So, yeah, three matches of this season left. Still 12 points to play for. As I keep saying... One win. We'll, we'll win one. That's my, <laughs> that's my bold prediction. One win. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it'll, probably, I, it'll probably be... We'll win at Brentford because I'm not going. That's why we'll win. Well, as I say, it's at the moment, it's all about who's actually available. Like, yeah, we do actually have to well, give apparently some... Apparently, Cavani's going to be back. Back. I'm sure he'll fly off to Uruguay in the, in the, in the meantime. Um, Fred might be back as well. Yeah, and we need it. We need it. Because, yeah, I do have to be fair. You know, Ralph's taken quite a lot of criticism now about his kind of managerial side, which is fair because, you know, we've not really done that well under him. But... On the injury side, yeah, we have been struggling. You know, when you see, yeah, Phil Jones, Juan Mata, all like getting game time, quite a few kids on the bench. We are literally down to the last options. You know, I do like kind of picking the who, trying to guess who might be the 11. But for this game, it was absolutely obvious because there wasn't anybody else who really could have mm. been there. And one thing you must have been happy to see him run was that Jesse Lingard was not even in the match day squad. Well, he apparently, well... Can't say that because apparently he had a, some sort of like family bereavement or something. So, well, I don't know about that. You know, there's a lot of things, yes. rumors going out there about and them now about how all of a sudden Harry Maguire is not in the squad. Is he just being kept out and excuses about injury? Jesse Lingard, after he was outed as you know one of the people who is leaking information, you know, Paul Scholes openly said Lingard's told me that the dressing room is in disarray and you know things like that. So, yeah, I don't know whether Ralph's put his foot down. As I say, it's all rumour. But, yeah, I know you said you didn't want to see him playing in a Man United shirt again anyway. 
yeah, I mean, he's, well, he's gone, isn't he? He said he's gone. Pogba's gone now, I think. We all know that. That's pretty much confirmed now. He left the WhatsApp group, did you hear? He left the players' WhatsApp group. So, I mean, what, what more What more could he say? Um, so, yeah, I'll be, I'll be very happy if neither of them play for us again. Yeah, and that's why, yeah, that's why a lot of people are asking, look, let's get some minutes to the youth team who are the future, who are the ones over there, whereas players like Lingard, like Pogba, look like they're on their way out. Cavani as well, we know he's leaving, but if we don't have many other options, maybe he can at least have a bit of a game time. You know, Ronaldo can't play every single minute of every one of these games as we finish off here. If he scores, I think he needs three goals to get 20 league goals, doesn't he? And he's got 20 league goals for the last... A million seasons, so he might be after that. He might, he might, he might still be after the golden boot. Fair. What? How many is he behind Salah? Mm, One or two? He's yeah, he's still a few behind him. And I think the last I mean, time we had somebody who scored twenty league goals in the season, uh, don't know, Lukaku, Robin van Persie, Robin van Persie. Yeah, going all the way back to there. So, yeah, it shows that has been one of our issues. We have had players who've scored 20 goals, but not in the league. Uh, you know, Rashford scored 20 goals last couple of seasons in a row. Bruno scored 28 last year, even if a few of them were penalties. Oh, no, Salah's got 20 go- 22 goals, so he's not, he's not getting anywhere near that. So, golden boots out the window, but he might still get 20. Yeah, and it would just be nice for him to round that off. And as I say, yeah, we didn't give him the shout out, but he will definitely be up there for player of the year. And even though I would still give it to Fred, I think Ronaldo probably will get it just for like the marketing and prestige. Yeah, yeah. Well, they usually do it. Well, but there's De Gea as well. So I think the the, the two awards, the the players player and the fans player will probably split between two of those three. Yeah, I would like to say I would I would I would still hope Fred gets something. I think he deserves it for coming up there. Uh but yeah, look, I think we will round off this podcast there. As I said, yeah, it was nice to get Natalie on and talk about something different, the women's side. We will try and focus on one of the future episodes on the academy, the men's academy, with the FA Youth Cup final coming up. First time we've got to the final of that for quite a while, all the way back actually to yeah, 2011 when Pogba and Lingard were playing in the final. We've not been in the final of this for a long time now uh, even though you know traditionally we have been regular winners of it so yeah it's the first time our youth team are back in that F- FA Youth Cup final and that w- will be at Old Trafford as well uh, on May the 11th I'm actually going to try and get to that and as you said Imran yeah I'm not getting to that Brentford game but yeah I'm going to try and get to the FA Youth Cup final just to get one more appearance at Old Trafford and yeah support the young lads over there here's, here's a bit of breaking news Matt Judge has resigned so you want changes in the background Interesting. That's what. That's literally, literally breaking news. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Reported by the Athletic about ten minutes ago. All right. Well, I hope Um, that's not like uh, (laughs) the news that came out about Rioli yesterday. No, no, no. (laughs) Um, So yeah, he's not not expected to play an active role in the summer window, and he was our. lead on transfers and contract negotiations. Yeah, he was kind of the legal negotiating like, guy who closed contracts, finished them off, did a lot of the negotiation. He wasn't somebody uh, who was picking targets or picking players. No, but, but he was in there for the negotiations of transfer fees, at least, definitely. Yeah, so definitely. Big, big like, role, big role. big. I mean, part of a reshuffle. I mean, these are the two head scouts have gone. He's gone. Obviously, Woodward has fucked off finally. So, you know, these are these are the changes we wanted, I guess. It's whether, whether we replace them with more incompetence or, you know, actual people who can do a good job. Yeah, look, as I say, there is reasons to be cheerful and look at, yeah, 
the club are at least trying to change things and realizing that what has gone before is not the way. Uh, yeah, a lot of it's not confirmed yet, but yeah, a lot of rumors about Paul Mitchell, who's highly rated, coming in as kind of technical sporting director, something like that. Although, yeah, at the moment, I know officially Darren Fletcher is our technical director, but we can come up with other job titles, whether it's director of football, sporting director, we'll see where we go from there. Uh, but yeah, lots of change in the club. We need it. And these are the things to look forward to, basically. I think, yeah, that will round us all off for this week. Uh, we will be back probably not after Brentford because it's just in a couple of days' time. So, yeah, we'll look at that. I'm coming back after Brighton next weekend. Hit us up as usual on Twitter. We always like getting those questions. In fact, I did have a couple of questions from Twitter that we haven't even managed to get around to. So, yeah, I'll save them for the next show. And, uh, yeah, check us out over there. We still have our Patreon. And yeah, always glad to get our Patreon guys join us on the Discord for match day, however depressing it is. Like I say, it becomes group therapy over there. And I've promised for ages now as well that we will send out, do a prize draw for our Patreon guys. So yeah, that was closed out and I'm going to do it this week. So look out for an announcement. And yeah, you should get a Manscaped package to one of you Patreon guys. We always say, appreciate your support so yeah i wanted to send something to you so yeah look out for a message on the patreon website in the next few days and yeah apart from that that's a good night from me cheers guys sports social podcast network